Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and John Hatfield is on the Hump Day episode this week. He is one of our favorite guests. He runs the Dental Assistant Worldwide Professionals page and is one of the administrators on the Dental Assistants Worldwide group. So he jumped in for Hump Day this week to review one of the posts that we found and share some amazing pearls with you. So stay tuned. Well, hey, John Hatfield, thank you so much for sharing your hump day with us. How are you? I'm great, Rhonda. Thanks for having me. It's, you know, it's really exciting when, uh, you know, we can share hump day with a special guest such as yourself. And I have a couple of things on the list that I think you would be the perfect person to help us cover. What do you think about that? Hey, absolutely. If I can answer it for you, I will do my best. All right. Perfect. So shall we, uh, you know, just jump right in. Uh, You know, we we found a post on our Dental Assistance Worldwide group this week. And uh, I believe you know a little bit about it. But the question was, do you handle finances in the back? And I thought this was a great subject to cover because I don't see a lot of people talking about it. And I know there's a lot of mixed opinions, but I thought we could just get yours and see what you think. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, as far as uh, finances in a back, I feel like if it's something that it's discussed ahead of time as being, you know, part of your job description and it's something you've eased into, you know, great. But if it's something that it's never discussed and then it's kind of expected, you know, this is where we have the gray line of people arguing what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, from the out, straight out the gate, I've always thought, and this is my opinion, and I'm sure some people don't appreciate it or understand it, but I think that there needs to be some lines drawn in the sand when it comes to a business, whether you're a dental office or anything else. I think that people that work up front should wear business attire, and I think people that work in the back in a clinical setting should wear scrubs. So it's my big pet peeve. When I walk into a, an office and I can't find a visual definitive between positions, like I like the doctor to be in a lab jacket that's white or black. I know everything's kind of different now. Maybe I'm old school. I don't know. But I think that helps, <laughs> you know, just, you know, kind of separate who does what. I handle the money. You handle the teeth. You handle, you know, like I just, I don't know. I, 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 I think that money should be held up front. I think that there should only be certain people accountable for it. And I think that when you cross that line and you have the assistant uh, presenting treatment plans, as far as the financial aspect, I think there can be a lot of bad things that happen just because there's more fingers touching it, more areas for somebody to say, oh, she or he didn't tell me that you quoted me at this. And now you're saying I got to pay this. Like, I just, I think 
I think it should be an administrative job to present the money portion of it, especially when you're talking about like insurance benefits and what your fee would be. And then you have to incorporate co-pays and all this other stuff that I think should be handled by administrative people. I don't know. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right, Rhonda. Like when, when I say that earlier, I mean, as far as if you're hired for a specific office. Now, if we're asking personal opinion, <clears throat> my personal opinion, just like yours, I, I feel it should be separated. I feel that, you know, for whatever reason, assistants get the brunt of the work. They just get everything dumped on them. And unfortunately, a lot of times, because it's kind of a side thing, even though they ex- they're expected to know it, it just, it leads to problems. And exactly what you said is exactly how I would put it. There's just too many hands in the cookie jar. And, you know, the current practice that I'm at, assistants do the bulk of the scheduling. And it is a disaster because, you know, here we are, we have a patient scheduled from one to two. We finally finish up, it's 159. And now I'm expected to schedule this patient on top of turning my room over. And it just leads to so many problems because now you have, you know, 13 assistants scheduling, you have all these people up front. It's just, it's never consistent. And this is exactly when it comes to finances, it can get even worse for that. So you can't expect an assistant to know everything about insurance. If that is their sole job to assist, if you're one of these assistants that is a hybrid, okay, you're doing the front, like, you know, the front, but now you're assisting in the back. Okay. By all means, you know, you know what you're talking about, but if you are not confident in what you're speaking about, either a, you need more training or B there needs to be more definition to your role. The fact that it's just expected a lot of times, that's where the problem lies because I hate when people say it's not my job, but you know, there are times where it literally is not your job and people expect you to know it like it is. And unfortunately, those people are are being taken advantage of. No, I completely agree. And, you know, just as a dental assistant's opinion, it is so tricky when you know that true health really, I mean, as far as the the care is oriented, it has no value. Like it's, it's hard for us to say, well, you have to choose this versus this because, you know, based on your financial needs then that puts us, that takes us out of a clinical space and, you know, it might alter our decisions, you know, in some way, shape or form, not so much as a dental assistant, maybe the dentist sometimes. Uh, But it's just, it's really hard because, you know, you want to give them the optimal care. You want to be there as a support system for them saying, you know, and I, I get it. There's a place, especially like if you're in the middle of a procedure and, oh no, we just, look at that. There's blood. That's a, that's a pulp. Sure enough, <laughs> you know, and then you have to regroup. Yeah. And I, I see where there's a place for us to, if we aren't well-versed in both, like the hybrids you speak of, I think there's a place where there are certain circumstances that it is appropriate for the dental assistant to say, okay, we need to take an IOC regroup, tell you what we see, you know, tell you what the options are and, and kind of, you know, you're forced into that situation where you have to review the fees uh, but even so, I don't know about you, but I always go up front and I said, okay, let's, uh, let's collectively put this treatment plan together and I will go with administration back to the operatory and just sit down and, and review it with the patient. Cause I, I like to have that second set of ears. I don't, I don't want to ever have a patient that de- walks up to the front 
and says, oh my gosh, this is double what you quoted me. Yeah, I feel if the time if the time permits for that handoff, that's great. But if you're one of these hybrid assistants and you're in the middle of a procedure, unfortunately, you're just kind of handing it off. And, and once again, too many hands in the cookie jar. Maybe you said one thing and now your office manager is going to say, you know, something else. And for me, I always found it annoying when we would be in the middle of a procedure and the patient would ask about something else that we're not even working on. And now all of a sudden the dentist wheels himself out of the room into the open hallway and he's yelling down the hallway towards the office asking, you know, about, about cost. Like that would drive me nuts. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like, okay, there are those times like you talk about like, okay, you know, now all of a sudden this isn't what was treatment plan. This is where we're at. Like, what do you do? Do you sit the patient up and be like, okay, go up front and let's talk. You know, a lot of times this is where good communication comes into play because you just go and get someone up front or an office manager, ask them to come back and talk to the patient instead of, you know, putting on this big circus. Yep. And also, you know, be preemptive with your, with your treatment planning, like talk to your doctor because I've always noticed, you know, what drives me nuts is the, uh, I don't know about your practice, but when I talk to most dentists, I would say the one uh, treatment that that is rarely billed out because they feel guilty, whatever the story is, is um, indirect and direct pulp yeah. The The pulp capping, they just, for whatever reason, they feel like they're ripping off the patient. I don't know why, but... I would get into the habit of telling them as soon as they would say, Hey, this, you know, DO deep possible endo, I would put that on a treatment plan. I'd say, okay, we're going to put pulp cap on here. This way they knew it was coming. There was no surprise, $40, $50 charge. Yep. Yeah. It's communication. And that's why, you know, I I highly urge if you have the intraoral camera available, anytime that something goes off track, it's not part of the treatment plan. You pump the brakes. Any person, whether it's getting dental treatment or anything like that, you want to be aware of the finances. You know, just like the guy when you go to get your oil change and he shows you the air filter and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's real black. You know, that gives you choice. Okay, yes. Right, that visual. <laughs> the visual is key. Yes. You are like, okay, yeah, sure enough, I do need that air, air um, filter. Or, you know, uh, it's only kind of gray. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Great. Valid point. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, anytime I think if you as an assistant and especially if you aren't well-versed in finances and you do try to keep some line in the sand, you definitely need to make sure that you have the patient completely aware that something is changing and why it's changing and what to expect when you're done because of that change. Right now, although we both agree that we feel it's not the assistant's place. I think one thing we both can agree on is if it is your job or you're constantly being leaned on to do it, you're not going to leave that practice. You are not going to stick up for yourself and say, I'm not going to do it. Unfortunately, what's your alternative? Become an expert at what you're talking to the patient yep. about. Yeah, because you don't want to miss this way. Them. So if you have to be Absolutely. the communicator then do it right. Go up to your front desk, 
talk to the girls, go online, take as many courses as you can. Yeah. Because then you can be confident and you don't have to worry about, you know, tripping over your tongue. Right. And, you know, when I'm, when I was in a practice or another practice and, and maybe at the time I didn't like something that they were doing, but they were telling me I had to do it. My thought process has always been, okay, I don't like the way I'm being treated, but I'm going to learn this. Do you know why I'm going to learn this? Because I'm going to be a more valuable asset when I go to my next practice. (laughs) There you go. Silver lining, John. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it, when they told us like we had to start scheduling patients, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not liking this, but guess what? Go, guess what's going on my resume? Cause all they're doing is they're making a more valuable assistant to walk out yep. this door. Absolutely. Embrace it. If, if you, if, if that's the way it rolls, embrace it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, what do they, what do we say in the military, Rhonda? Embrace the yeah. suck. <laughs> Mine was always that uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's always a good one. And you know, since we have you on here, John, I thought this would be a great opportunity. You know, with it being the first of the year and uh, you're such a great financial advisor as far as, you know, you kind of know a little bit about everything in the dental world and in the real world. And I thought maybe you can kind of give us some tips on, uh, you know, just like open season, if you will. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I can do that. So um, it's the beginning of the year. So this is a great time. Everybody's, you know, into New Year's resolutions. Well, what's a better New Year's resolution besides getting healthy than looking at your portfolio and thinking about, you know, how can I work better towards retirement? Unfortunately, you know, people in their, you know, 20s, mid 20s, 30s, they're always thinking, oh, I probably won't even live that that long to, you know, see that money. But you need to plan ahead. So this is a great time to start thinking about those things. It, you know, if you're in an office where they're offering some kind of benefit, some 401k, some stock options, whatever it is, now's a good time to understand what the hell that is that you've got yourself yes. into. <laughs> and if you're not in one of those practices, I would suggest you either A, find yourself into one or B, basically negotiate some more money because you're not getting that benefit. And then you can always go out on your own and open up an IRA with, you know, there's many uh, credentialed businesses, Primerica, some other ones that you can contact. And for as little as $50 a month, you can just start putting some money aside, um, you know, to, for your nest egg for, you know, ultimately your retirement, because the last thing we want to do is work until we're, you know, 70, 80 years old, especially in this yeah. field. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's okay. Let's say I'm a dental assistant and I'm working for like a startup practice and they don't have their ducks in a row, right? You know, they can barely right. do overhead right now. That's probably not a deal breaker if they kind of take some of the tips that you give out to do it independently until you, you know, say your practice, you know, it's going to get there to where they offer 401k and all of the other benefits packages. So I think that's, that's inspiring to think that, you know, that doesn't have to be a deal. You, you can still plan for your future independently until that bus comes along, if you will. Yeah. And if you, th- if you think about it, you know, most practices, the norm is they'll do a match up to 5%. So they'll do like a 10 to five match. Okay. 
So as long as you're putting in 10%, they're going to match 5%. That's the norm. Well, if you think about what most practices are giving that 5%, if you're in a practice that doesn't offer that and you go up to them and say, you know, hey, I need a little bit more money. If you're working, you know, let's say 30 hours a week for an average, let's say you're working just 30. Well, that's 120 hours a month. Even if you negotiate and say, you know, look, for all the hours I work, not necessarily a raise, but extra money, you know, maybe 50 cents, 75 cents an hour that I can put towards my, my IRA or, or, you know, if you talk to a financial advisor, another account, you know, it's better than nothing because ultimately they have to realize that that's a benefit that you need. I, I feel like dental offices more than any other business for whatever reason is still stuck in this mindset of the women that work in the practice are married women and their husbands have these great jobs with pensions and they just do it for spending money those days are over. right so we need to start thinking bigger and better when it comes to distance yeah i completely agree we just we we need to like julie says know your worth and worth isn't just what you do, you know, while you're employed at the office. It's it's your lifelong worth, you know, and value yourself and your quality of life past the time to where, you know, you can't suck spit anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to think long term. Unfortunately, you know, you start you start getting a little bit older. Maybe your back's not, not you know, holding up like it was or. Or, you know, you're starting to feel some of the side effects of, you know, some of the things that you've agreed to do, you know, as far as staying late or, you know, standing for so long. I mean, you have to take care of your body because at the end of the day, how many assistants can truly say, oh, my, you know, my doc will take care of me. It's, it's not going to happen, you know. So, <clears throat> unfortunately, there, <laughs> there comes a time. And I'm all about teamwork, but there comes a time where you really have to look out for number one when it comes to being an assistant. Yeah. You got to be your own advocate sometimes. You know what? Here's the thing. This is a great segue, John. Um, you know, let's say you are a dental assistant whose body did give out. You want to stay in the office, but you can't be in the clinical setting anymore just because it's tearing you up. And you do decide to move to the front. All right. I know that you have a particularly interesting um cautionary tale for those dental assistants who may decide to go from clinical to administrative and maybe have some responsibilities to include the the office account like having your name on the account doing bills payable all that kind of stuff can you kind of touch on that john um yeah absolutely so if you are you find yourself thrust into one of these positions I'm going to tell you a true story that it, when you hear the amount that it cost my family, it, it's going to make your jaw drop. But I tell this story as much as possible because if I can help one person, two people avoid the mistake that we had no idea was coming at us, then it's, you know, unfortunately it was an lesson, but. Hopefully it'll be a lesson learned for the next person. So we, my wife and I met in a dental practice and um, shortly after we got married, the doctor that we worked for was kind of a thrill seeker. You know, one of these guys who would go to the mountains, get dropped off in the middle of nowhere 
and eventually it got to the point where we realized it was not a good move for us to stay together in this practice. So I decided to stay. He moved on to uh, another business. And needless to say, that business owner, for a short amount of time, he, uh, he committed suicide. Well, unfortunately, after he passed, we get a bill from the IRS. And this bill for the IRS is this enormous amount of money, um, six figures. Uh, we're talking about two, 250K. So, <clears throat> of course, I just kind of laughed at it because that's what I do. I laugh at everything. And we take the letter to the attorney tells us, yeah, it's legit. Uh, my wife was account on the checking account. And unfortunately, he passed and the IRS deems us responsible, my wife responsible for this money. So his mother had co-signed for the business. So they eventually agreed to split the money in half. So 125 ours, 125 hers. Well, our attorney proceeds to tell, you know, we want a hearing because we need to go over that. And it takes about three, four years to get the hearing. Meanwhile, they keep our uh, tax return every year, you know, three, four or $5,000 every year. They keep it. So we don't see that money for all those years. And finally, after a couple of years, they contact us and they say, okay, we've re reviewed your case and we want 25000 is a one-time buyout, or we're going to put you on a payment plan for this penalty and interest for this 125000 which mm. honestly, when it, once you get into that amount of money, you're never going to pay that off. You're basically just making a bridge to nowhere payment. That's all that's happening. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So we obviously we scramble to come up with the twenty five thousand. Unfortunately, they've already about twelve thirteen thousand over the last couple of years of our income tax returns. So I had to cash in two of our retirement funds and drain our savings account to get the rest of the money to pay them off. So you think, oh, this is such a weird thing. Like I'm the only person I, if I have, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. But once I start telling this story, I find other people that this has happened to. And I, I just say, I cannot believe this is a real thing. And that more and more people aren't aware of this. Like, why is it that a business can open and these people can go to the bank and get on a checking account and the people at the bank don't have some kind of warning to say, Hey, just so you know, like, even though, you know, I see you're not related and a person employed by this practice, but just so you know, there's a chance that if, you know, the taxes aren't paid and shit isn't handled, unfortunately, you know, this could come back to bite you. And unfortunately for us, it did. And it set us way back because, you know, we, we lost all of our savings at the time and our retirement. We had to start over from scratch. Mm. Yeah. So the, you know, if you're one of these people on your accounts at your office, like, unfortunately, you got to monitor what's going on. Like, make sure the taxes are being paid. If, if you're writing the checks and you have access to the checkbook and you don't see taxes being paid out of there, or, you know, you might want to talk to somebody because, uh, you know, I'd hate to see another person set up like she was. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, it didn't happen in a dental office, but it could easily, easily. 
Yeah. And it has, and it has happened at dental offices. That's the worst part oh. because I have, once I started sharing this story, I start finding out that, you know, yes, it, 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 a friend of mine, you know, it, it happened to her at a dental office, you know, but, you know, I'm the type of person I'll talk about anything because I really don't find much embarrassing. Like somebody, you know, someone like her, you know, she was embarrassed by that. And for me, I feel like, you know, we weren't scammed. We weren't taken. It's something that just not a lot of people know and talk about. And hopefully more and more people talk about it and they aren't embarrassed by the fact that, you know, I'm sure this guy, when he killed himself, I'm sure he wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, completely screw over, you know, my, my office manager. I, I mean, I'd like to think that he didn't know the laws that well, but you know, the IRS just wants their money and they're going to get it. And believe me, that was a, that, that was a lesson learned that they were going to get their money. Wow. Well, I'm glad you came out on the other side, John, and you're able to share that kind of information with those hybrid assistants. Uh, you know, just to, like you said, keep a, keep a finger on the pulse of the uh of of all the goings on <laughs> especially when it comes to taxes yeah when i when i work with some people you know you might work with that paranoid person in the office who's like i'm not signing my name yeah. to that i'm not i'm not letting you use my computer log on chances are either they've been burnt before or they know these cautionary tales now even with that happening i'm still one of these people who want to believe in the good in people and you know that's what keeps me going so unfortunately if i'm logged in a computer and somebody wants to use it i'm just i'm not that jaded in my life to where i'm like nope nope hey i gotta sign off you gotta sign on like you know even with even with as and as expensive lesson as 25k it still hasn't really changed my mindset yeah because you know people are good for the most part especially healthcare providers. I would think that we're kind of a cut above. I would, I would like to think (laughs) so too, Rhonda. Well, John, thank you so much for jumping on our hump day with us. We truly appreciate it. I'm so glad uh, that you were available. You know, we, we miss Julie, but we really like having John on guys. (laughs) He's a smart cooking. (laughs) so much for uh, having me for the uh, late edition. I'm glad I could be in your back pocket. Absolutely. Well, you have a great hump day and uh, you take care, John. You too, Rhonda. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. <laughs> bye. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and John Hatfield. <laughs> we are helping dental assistants get over the hump of the week. If you guys would like to reach out to John, he's super accessible. Dental assistants worldwide, you can get to him uh, through the professionals page or the group if you have any questions or concerns or just need some advice from him because he's a giant can of awesome sauce. But I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and sharing your hump day with us. We are banding together to do better and be better. So until next week, you guys, happy hump day.